Father, I do come before you tonight and just praise you and worship you because you are worthy, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, that we have that assurance that, God, you were faithful then and you will be faithful now. That, God, you are the same today as you were yesterday as you will be tomorrow. And Lord, as we come before you tonight and we just look at the things that are going on in, in our world, in our country, in our life, we do thank you, Lord, that we can rest on the fact that you are in control. That, Lord, even when we don't see it, even when it doesn't appear as such, yet, Lord, you are there and you are working things for your glory and for your honor. And, Lord, just uh, equip us to be part of that, uh, of that, Lord, that we would just represent you and that, God, I pray tonight as we look at your word here that, God, you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, Father, convict us if that's what we need. But Lord, that you would just do a work in each one of our hearts, that we would draw closer to you as we look at your word, as we uh, spend this time in your word tonight, Lord, that, God, you would change us, and that, God, we would be more like our Savior. And so, Father, I just want to give this time to you, and, Father, we just uh, ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> As we look at uh, this passage in, in Luke, um, just backtracking a little bit from verse 46, because that's what you have to do when you start in the middle of a chapter, right, or at the end of a chapter. But, uh, you know, just he's been there at doing the Sermon on the Mount and giving us direction and giving us challenges of how our lives should be, of how we are to live our lives to glorify him and, and giving those things of the, the Beatitudes and, and talking about some difficult things, some challenging things in our lives that we are not going to be able to do apart from a relationship with Christ, apart from the Holy Spirit working in our lives, the things that, that God has commanded us and tells us to do is going to be totally impossible for you and I to do in the flesh. That we can't do the things that we're going to look at tonight and, and do it in the flesh. That we need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit to do these things. And, and one of the things that is really difficult that he says in this first part of this chapter is to love your enemies. That's not easy. And that's not natural. And that's something that God has to work in our lives, to love our enemies. And he says that, hey, if you love those that love you, you're just like the Gentiles. You're just like anybody else. The heathens, they do that. But we are to represent Christ and to love our enemies, to love those that are unlovable, to love those that, that abuse us. That, and, you know, he even goes on to talk about that, hey, if someone strikes you on the cheek, then turn the other cheek. And that is, again, not easy for, for us. But yet, when we see the power of God in our life, and that's what we're going to look at tonight, of, of really getting that, uh, that relationship with God, of making that, that, that solid 
relationship with God so that we can walk through the difficulties, so that we can walk through those trying times, so that we can accomplish the things that he's told us to do. Because the beauty of being a Christian is not just to get to heaven. That's, that's a pretty good benefit. But for here and now, that we can walk with him here and now and walk the way that he has commanded us to walk that we can experience him in our daily lives and that we can accomplish those things that he has called us to do and that we can bring glory to him. And, and so, you know, when we look at a world that is lost and dying, it's a little easier to have some compassion on them and think about what's going to happen. You know, Pastor Pat, as we've been looking through Thessalonians, talking about the judgment is coming on those that don't know Christ. And so it's important that we are those that are, that are living our lives in a way that matches our talk, that our walk will match our talk, and that we look at that. And so, you know, he, he goes on in this to, you know, to not judge. And again, you know, a lot of people know that verse, you know, but... That, that, but that we forgive and that we get the plank out of our own eyes so that we can get the speck out of our brother's eye and that we're there that come along the side of each other. And then, you know, it comes down here. And, and so let's look at, at verse 46 because, I mean, this is kind of a difficult passage, but it, I think it's something that we, we need to get in our heart. And he says here in verse 46, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say. He just went over these difficult things, these things that we are to implement into our lives. And he says, why do you call me Lord, but then you don't do the things that I say? That, again, your walk is not matching your talk. Why are you calling me Lord? And I, as I think about this, I think of, of Peter when he was sending them to Cornelius' house and he laid down the sheet and with the unclean animals and, and Peter says, no, Lord, we, don't, we can't say no, Lord. If he's Lord, we should do the things that he says. That when we call him Lord, if he's really our Lord, if he's really our Savior, then we should obey and he says, they will know your, for your love for one another. But if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will do what I say. So how can we say, Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say to do? That it's more than just talk. That it's deeper than that. That it changes the way that we live. It changes how we see the world. It changes the things that we do. And, you know, in, in Matthew, this same passage, and Matthew gets a little more into the, the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount and a little more into that. But before he talks about this right here in Matthew 7, 21 and 23, he says that not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of God. He says, you know, he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. 
And so it's important that we understand that and that we make our calling and election sure, that we have, that we don't just hear, but we're not, and we're told not to be just hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And so he starts there again, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the streams beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. He's saying, the ones that hear my voice, the ones that hear my sayings and does them, it's like the one who is wise, who builds his house on that solid foundation, on that rock. And I, I like what he says here, and I, it's interesting that, that as I looked at this, that he digs deep, that it's not a surface relationship, if you will, with God, but he digs deep to find those things to build that relationship that we dig deep that and that's why again you're encouraged to read the word to dig deep into the word to know the word to have it speak to your life to have it be that guiding light in your life as you walk that we have dug deep and we know the things of God we obviously can't do the things of God if we don't know the things of God and he's given us his word he's given us what we need it's again he's told us that the word contains everything that we need for life and godliness that when we apply those things to our lives when we apply the word to our lives we are like the wise man who digs deep and builds that firm foundation that builds that house that builds our house, that builds our faith upon the rock, upon Jesus Christ, upon the fact that he came, that he died, that he rose again, that he took our sin, that he took our shame, that he made us a new creation, that we are a new creation in Christ. You know, and I think for myself and maybe a lot of us, that is a very difficult thing to wrap our minds and our heart around that we are actually a new creation in Christ. Because so often, I mean, I look in the mirror and I see me and I know me and I know my thoughts, I know my actions and, and I'm, it sometimes don't line up <laughs> with this. And... I mean, it's been very challenging to me to, to really study this and to really deal with this this week and, you know, to really examine my own heart and say, Lord, am I just going through the motions? Lord, am I really committed to the truth of your word? Am I really going to do that? 
And I think in the times that we're in, it's more important than ever that we have that firm foundation, that we're not going to be shaken by the things that are thrown at us. Do you see here that he didn't say that if you're in Christ, there's not going to be storms, that there's not going to be difficulties. He says just the opposite. <clears throat> and throughout the scriptures, we see it's just the opposite. That being in Christ, we are going to have storms. We're going to have, and listen, it says that it vehemently beat against that house. That it was, that it's going to be very difficult at times. But if we're built on the rock, if we're there on that solid foundation, we won't be shaken. And there's many things that are coming our way that could shake our faith, that could shake if we're not, if we haven't dug deep, if we haven't got on that firm foundation. There's so much that could shipwreck our faith, if you will. And I'm thinking as he is talking about this, and we'll see here in a little bit, you know, that he that he's probably looking around, and you know, and I and I think of of, you know, our, our country here, of, of how quickly a storm can come up and a flash flood can come up and destroy things. How, I mean, we're just looking at, you know, Hurricane Ida that went through Louisiana and just how quickly things can be destroyed, how quickly those things can be all taken away. And if that's what our hope is built on, if it's not built on that rock of Jesus Christ, that if it's not on that firm foundation, those things can totally destroy you. And, you know, I was thinking of, of the times that we've had the privilege of going and helping out after a, after a storm. And it's heartbreaking to go into someone's house and take everything they own and pile it on the curb for the trash truck to come along and get it. Their whole life, is laying there in, in shambles. What do you do, Christian? Are you built on that foundation that if all those things are taken away, Christ is still faithful? He was faithful then. He will be faithful now. Is, is our faith in Jesus Christ deep and solid so that when the storms of life comes, that we're not deterred from that relationship with God. In fact, when those storms come, if we're, saw, if we're anchored in that rock, then it's going to draw us closer to him. It's going to cause us to grow deeper in him because we've experienced the things and we know that he's faithful and we can see that he carried us through those things, that when that flood comes and when those things come, that it's not going to destroy our faith. And it's one thing to have your house destroyed. It's another thing to have your faith destroyed. It's another thing to just be a hearer of the word. And when the hard times come, people fall away. We see it so much. And it's heartbreaking to see people that confess Christ as their Savior, that when the hard times come, they fall away. 
And I've talked to people in my office and they go, well, you know what, I've, I tried that and it didn't work for me. Well, that's because you've not been taught the truth. Because there's so many churches that are not teaching the truth. That they're teaching a health and wealth and everything's going to be fine. And he says, you know what, don't be like that. He even talks here that, you know, in, in verses before that, hey, don't be a people pleaser, if you will. He's going, look, if everybody loves you, hey, they love the false prophets. We're going to ruffle some feathers if you are truly walking the faith. If you're really walking with Christ, people are not going to always like that. And you're going to see adversity and you're going to see those things. And if you understand that that's a normal thing, that it, that's something that God said was going to happen. Your faith is not going to be shaken. Again, hey, we live in some weird times. Who would have thought? You know, we was talking, well, I won't say everything we was talking about in the room back there, but you'd be amazed. But anyway, um, we can't even determine what gender we are anymore. It's ridiculous. It's crazy that we're going to a point where we let the world dictate those sorts of things. And, and I'm thinking, people, come on. Can't we just walk and believe the Word of God? And again, if we get caught up in, in, in all of that stuff, you know, and, and the trouble is I see that with this pandemic, with all the stuff that's going on, that even some very solid Bible teachers are getting so political that they're getting away from the Word of God. And the thing that we need more than anything right now and forever and always is the Word of God taught and the Word of God not compromised and the Word of God not tiptoed around things but to stand firm on the Word of God. And I believe there's going to be a time where that's going to get very difficult and it's going to be hate speech. It's going, you know, but again, we shouldn't be surprised at those things. What did Jesus say? If they hated me, they're probably going to hate you. Not probably, they are going to hate you. That a servant is not above his master. And so, again, if we're expecting that everybody's going to love us, that our life's going to be perfect as a Christian, then we're going, when those hard times come, it's going to devastate us. But if we're built on that solid foundation, we're not. And we can walk through those things and we can be assured that things, that God is in control of what's going on, that he's got a plan and he hasn't let me in on it other than what's in the word. I do know the end. I know, what, I know how it ends, okay? And it's going to be good for us. But he hadn't given me all the details of what's going to happen in the meantime. And I'm pretty glad about that. And 
as I was telling Olivia in the, in the back room there, it's a good time to be old. I feel sorry for these young kids because <laughs> it is getting weird. It is getting weird. So, you know, getting old is good. <laughs> it's not that long. I'm going to check out of here one way or the other. So, <laughs> you, you, and yes, young people, you are welcome <laughs> because <laughs> <'cause> we, <laughs> we caused a lot of this. So... <laughs> We're just trying to speed up the return of Christ, so, so you are welcome. But, but we shouldn't be, again, we should not be surprised at the things that are going on. In fact, it gets a little bit exciting in a way because as we see these things, we know, again, that God's word is true. But listen to what he, he goes on to say here, that that house is not going to be shaken but he who, who hears and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. And again, looking at that as our spiritual life, that if we're just shallow, if we just hear the word and don't apply it to our lives and if we just have head knowledge and it doesn't get to our heart, there's going to be destruction in our lives. Because when that hard time comes, we're not going to have that anchor. We're not going to have that foundation, and that house is going to crumble. And our world is going to crumble, and our world is going to fall apart. But we have that promise that Christ is faithful. And that Christ is there with us. And that we can walk through whatever it is. You know, when I think about that, when you think about, you know, the book of martyrs, when you we think about those that were martyred, of how did they walk through that? How? They had a firm foundation in the word of God. They had a strong trust in God. That they had, you know, and I believe that if those times come, God will give us what we need when we need it. But we've got to prepare, and we've got to be ready, and we've got to be on that firm foundation so that our world does not get destroyed no matter what's thrown at us. Because what are we told? The worst that the world can do is kill us and send us to Jesus. Not a, not a bad plan. So, but that's the worst that they can do. You know, and so when we look at that, we shouldn't, we don't have to worry and fret about those things, that we take it to the Lord, and we trust in Him, and we let Him work in our lives. And now, there's a little bit of, you know, maybe, you know, why are you going into this, this centurion thing from, the, from, from that? But when we look at, at this next section, and starting in, verse 1 of chapter 7, it says that when he included all these sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And so we see here that, that he's went through that, that we need to build that relationship with God, that we need to have that firm foundation. And it says right after that, he said these things, and now he, he's going into Capernaum where... He spent a lot of time there. 
And there was this certain centurion, a Roman soldier, a Roman soldier who was in charge of a hundred soldiers, a centurion. And it, as Pastor Pat pointed out many times, that when you read about centurions in the Bible, that, that they're always in a, in a good light, that, that it always speaks pretty highly of them. And this, this is no exception to that. And it says that he had a servant who was dear to him, who was sick and ready to die. And we see here that here this guy, this Roman soldier, who probably a better translation there was a slave of his. It said he dearly loved him and this he was sick unto death, that he's ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. That as he heard the things of Jesus, he acted on that. He said, I hear this one that's been healing. If you look back, you know, Jesus had been healing people. He healed multitudes. He healed those th people. And the sad part about that is that multitude came. They were the ones that a lot of them that just heard and didn't build on a firm foundation. Because what happened? When hard times come, we see that they scattered, that they left, that they didn't. But here this centurion is, he heard, and he says that he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. I find it interesting here that this centurion didn't go himself, but that he sent elders of the Jews to him. Number one, it's, we'll see that he had a very strong relationship and probably was a proselyte too, to them and that when he was following that. But I just wonder if, and looking at that, that, that here this Gentile is and going, if I go to Jesus, maybe he will turn me away. Maybe he won't have anything to do with me. So if I send someone else to him, maybe I can get him to heal my servant. And I wonder tonight if there's some of you here that may feel the way the centurion felt, that if I go to Jesus, he's going to turn me away because he knows what I've done. He knows my life. He knows those things that are in my past. He knows who I am. And the good news is, Jesus said, all that comes to me, I will receive. I will not turn you away. But this centurion, I believe, thought, you know what? I need to send these elders to him. And that plead with him to come and heal a servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. He's going, Jesus, you need to come do this because this guy loves our nation and he's built us a synagogue. And we will see that Jesus went, but I don't believe Jesus went because this guy loved the nation and built him a synagogue. That it wasn't about his good deeds that he did, and they're saying he's worthy because he's doing that. And again, is that our mentality? Is that 
where you're coming from, that if I do enough for God, then he's going to receive me, that I'm worthy. How often do we hear, I am unworthy, and how often do we say, you're correct, you are unworthy, because nobody is worthy, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we can come to him. And it wasn't because this guy was worthy or because of what he had done. It was because he came to the source. He came to Jesus. And listen to what he says here. Then, then Jesus went with him, with them. And when he was already not far off from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. That this centurion understood, I'm not worthy, but have mercy. That I believe that you can save my servant. Not because I'm worthy, but I'm coming to you and asking you to, to heal my servant, to heal this one, to, to do this. And again, it says that he sent some friends. Now in in Matthew, when you look at this, this story in Matthew, it says, it talks about the centurion talking to Jesus. And I think that as we work through this, we'll see that I believe that he eventually did have that face-to-face -face time with Jesus. But he understood his unworthiness and he understood that he needed Jesus to do this work. And I believe that when we understand it's not because we're worthy, it's because of who Jesus Christ is that we're going to then receive that. And I am not worthy that you should even enter into my, under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. That Jesus, I know you can do this. I know that you can heal him. I know that you don't even have to come into my house. You don't have to do some spectacular thing. You don't have to put hands on him. You don't have to do anything. You just say the word, and I know that it will be done. That's great faith that this centurion had. And I don't know how much information this guy had on Christ, I don't know of, of how much that he had, obviously he had heard, he had seen things that, that he had done, and he's going, I know that you can do this. And, you know, I, I hear and I know that you can do this. All you got to do is say the word. Do we have that kind of faith? That Jesus, all you got to do is say the word. And it'll be done. Now, whatever you do, whatever you say, it's going to be done. That God, you know, and he goes on to say here, listen, for I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servants, do this, and he does it. He goes, I understand submission. I am a man that's under submission and I have these guys under me. That I have those that are over me and I have these guys that are under me. And if I tell them to do something, 
It's done. They do it. And Jesus, you have all authority. So I know that if you will it, if you say it, it will be done. That it will be taken care of. That it will be done. And so, Lord, I don't need to see a sideshow. You don't need to come do anything. I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. But if you'll just say the word, my servant will be healed. And again, I look at this centurion, this man, this soldier who has a slave, and it is that concerned about this person that he puts himself out there to get him healed. I mean, this, this guy is, is pretty cool. Not only did he love our nation, but he built this synagogue. He'd done these things, but he has compassion on these people. And God, would you, Jesus, would you just come and say the word and heal my, heal my servant? Because I know that you can do that. Because I know how this works. <laughs> I know as when I tell somebody something, they go and do it. And so I know that you can do this. And so when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That, wow, this guy has great faith. That this guy gets it. That he understands. And he's going... I haven't even seen this in Israel. You know, and, and when you think about that, the religious leaders of that time were all about themselves. They were about what they could get and what they were doing. And, you know, they were those leaders that were, that were leading them astray. And again, when I, when I think of that, man, so much is going on and so often the church is more about filling seats filling the agape boxes than it is about preaching the word of god more concerned about those things and that's what had happened in jesus time that they were more concerned about other things than they were about the souls of the people and here this Roman soldier was more concerned about the health of this servant of his that he went and he said, Jesus, I know that you can heal him and that if you just say the word, it will be done. And again, what faith? And Jesus said, this is... And so those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. It wasn't because this guy was worthy. It wasn't about, it was, certainly wasn't about the sick guy's faith, was it? The sick guy didn't even know anything about this. But this centurion had faith. Why? Because he had heard, and then he put it into action, those things. It's one thing to hear, again, those that hear my word and do nothing with it, they're like the ones who build on the sand, and that house will be destroyed. 
But those that hear and apply those things and get them in their heart are like the ones that build on that solid foundation and their world's not going to be rocked. Their world is not going to be destroyed when the storm comes. And there will be storms. And when it comes, I want to be like the centurion. That God, all, all you got to do is say the word. Your will be done. Your will will be done. That, so God, align me with your will. That, God, I want to be in a place where I hear from you. I want to dig deep into your word. I don't want to just know your word. I want to know your word. I want it to be applied to my life. I want to walk it. I want to apply it. I don't want to just hear it, but I want to do it. Lord, give me the ability to love my enemies. Give me the ability to walk through those things, whatever that might be. Lord, give me the ability to walk through the craziness of this world and still hold on tight to my faith, to my hope, to the fact that, God, you are in control. Because, again, I think when we, in these times that we can lose sight of the fact that God is really in control. Do we really believe that? Do we really hang on to that when things don't go the way that we think they should? When things don't go the way that it looks like, hey, Lord, where are you? And he's going, I'm right here. I got this. Trust me. Are you going to walk with me? Are you going to trust me through the storm? Are you built on that foundation that's not going to be shaken? Are you there so that you won't be torn apart when that storm comes, when those things come? And are you digging deep down to that firm foundation so that we're not destroyed and that we can go to him and say, Lord, I am unworthy but you are worthy and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to walk with you no matter what it looks like, no matter what comes my way. But Lord, you know, and I think we should be praying just as this centurion, Lord, heal our nation. <laughs> Lord, that we would turn back to you. That God, we would be people that would live in a way that as the world is freaking out, that they look at us and go, why are you not freaking out? Because God has it under control. That I know it's going to be okay. No matter what comes my way, I know it's going to be okay because God has it under control. And no matter what we have to walk through, he's going to give us the ability, he's going to equip us to do that. That's the only way that we're going to be able to get through things that come our way is that we're going to trust him and we're going to rely on him and we're going to believe his word that he won't push us away and that we're not those that just say lord lord and don't do what he says but that we're those that go lord i want to know what you want for my life and I want to apply that, and I want to walk in that, and I want that foundation so that I'm not driven by 
the waves that come my way by the wind, that I am going to stay steadfast and rock solid on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his word. Let's stand up and pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, for the fact that you tell us that, Lord, there's going to be difficulties in our lives, and, Lord, that there's going to be hard times in our lives, and that, God, there's going to be those difficulties that come our way. And, Lord, I pray for each one of us that's here tonight, Lord, that our, that our faith would be anchored in you, not in our works, not in the things that we have accomplished, but, Father, in you, the things that you have accomplished. And, Lord, I know that there's many here that are going through difficult times, and I pray right now, Lord, that you would just give them that faith and that ability to walk through those difficult times, that, Lord, they wouldn't be shaken, and that, Lord you would be glorified in our lives and that we would be able to, God, carry this message of the hope in Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And God, again, I know it's one thing for our houses to be destroyed, if you will, but so much more, Lord, for a soul to be destroyed. And so, Father, I just pray that you would just strengthen us and that, God, we would be what you call us to be, and that, God, you would be glorified. And tonight as we're here, if you have never made that decision for Jesus Christ, if you have, maybe you've heard a lot of times and you haven't dug deep, that you haven't made that commitment to him, I want to give you that opportunity tonight to do that, that you would accept him as your Lord and Savior, that you would walk with him and that you would then have that ability to stand firm when the storms of life come. And you can repeat this prayer after me or something like it. Jesus, I come to you and I understand that I am not worthy. But Lord, I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm asking you to be my Lord and Savior. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. And Lord, I want that relationship with you. I want to walk with you. And Father, I want to have you give me that strength to walk through whatever it is that I have to walk through. I trust you, and I want you, I'm asking you to come into my life to save me, to guide me, to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.